Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Welcome, everybody, to Let's Review RN. Today, we are going to talk about diabetic nutritional education. And this is a topic that is so controversial. There's been such a belief in the past of diabetics should eat one way, and now with all the new waves of low carb or keto or modified keto or all the different flavors of diets out there, it's really hard to figure out what's best for each individual patient. But um, I do know that especially new onset diabetics or even uncontrolled diabetics often have so many questions. So what foods can I eat if I'm diabetic? What foods can I drink? Um, should I eat at a certain time frame? Should I intermittent fast? Um, what medical nutrition therapies are there? Do I take supplements and vitamins? All of these questions are constantly bouncing around our patients' heads. And a lot of times it becomes just so overwhelming. They just forget about it and eat whatever because they they can't figure it out. So I'm here to help discuss um, some of the recommendations as far as nutritional intake, how to balance diet and exercise, and how to really target your blood glucose levels by what you're putting in your mouth and how you're moving your body. When you have diabetes, nutrition and physical activity are some of the most important parts of your healthy lifestyle. And it has such great benefits Um, deciding what you're going to eat and deciding how you're going to exercise um, can really affect how well controlled your blood glucose levels are. And it also has a lot of other benefits as well. Patients really need to balance what they eat, what they drink, their physical activity and their diabetic medications. And this can be difficult. To start, if a patient is obese or overweight, They need to lose weight in order to help maintain their blood sugar glucose levels. And if they are sedentary, then they need to get up and move. And that looks different for every patient because not every patient is able to um, bear weight and and run or walk. It may mean that you need to do swimming or um, stationary bike, those different types of things. So... A lot of times diabetic patients will also worry that if they need to follow a diabetic diet, can they eat foods that they like? Um, Is this going to be a whole completely new lifestyle? And for some it may, and for others it's just simple modifications. The key really is to eat from 
different food groups. And the food groups that we're going to talk about are vegetables, and there are non-starchy versus starchy vegetables. So for instance, non-starchy vegetables include broccoli and carrots and peppers and tomatoes. And then you have more of the starchy vegetables such as potatoes and green peas and corn. Then moving into fruits, Citric, citrus fruits are really good for diabetics. Oranges, melon, um, berries, apples, bananas, grapes. You want to incorporate lean protein. So lean meat, chicken, turkey without the skin, fish, eggs, nuts and peanuts, um, dried beans and certain peas such as chickpeas and split peas. They all have really good amount of protein. And then even meat substitutes such as tofu. We also want to incorporate grains. So at least um, half of your grains for the day should be whole grains. And that includes rice, oats, quinoa, barley, even some wheat. And then um, we also don't want to forget about dairy. So um, milk or lactose-free milk, if you have a lactose intolerance, yogurt, cheese. And a key to this is that not many of us think that dairy is a carb and we need to account for that when we are watching what we're putting in our mouths, especially for diabetics. Getting the right amount of healthy fats is also very important for um, diabetics, for all of us, for our cardiovascular health. And healthy fats are oils that are liquid at room temperature, such as olive oil um, or nuts and seeds. You can have heart-healthy fish like salmon or tuna that are high in omega-3 fatty acids, and avocados are great. Of course, there are always foods that we're going to need to avoid, and they're not good for anyone. So, you know, foods that are high in saturated fat, such as fried foods, um, these foods are also high in trans fat. Um, foods high in salt, never good for somebody who is trying to manage their hypertension. Um, sweets, such as baked goods, candies, and ice cream, I mean, that's straight refined sugar, which you are dumping more sugar right into your bloodstream. So, those are the types of things that we want to avoid. We also want to avoid. Um, sugary drinks, juices, regular soda, regular sports drinks, energy drinks. Um, We want to make sure that we're consuming enough water throughout the day to hydrate our body. And then we also want to consider um, substituting sweetened beverages. Um, Again, you can also definitely drink coffee and tea, but we need to be mindful of what we're putting in these types of drinks. Patients will also ask if they're allowed to drink alcohol And they can in moderation. And what that really means is we should be limiting alcohol consumption to about one drink a day, whether you're female or male, in order to reel it in and really get your blood sugar levels under control, you should be at one drink or less a day for alcohol. And we have to understand that alcohol, when it breaks down, it is sugar, it is a carbohydrate. So again, We need to account for that if we are going down the path of counting carbs or um, counting carbs at at different mealtimes or looking at our plate um, and trying to see how it's balanced. All of this is affected um, and it needs to be accounted for. The question always arises to when should I eat? You know, um, should we intermittent fast and eat during an eight hour window? Should I eat small meals throughout the day? And really, this is an individual. answer because 
It's not a one-size-fits-all, and depending on the type of medication, whether oral antihyperglycemics or insulin, that will make a difference on when and how often you should eat. Um, Some people with diabetes need to eat about the same time each day, and others can be more flexible based or with the timing of their meals. Um, Again, it has a lot to do with the type of medication that you are on to control your diabetes. The American Diabetes Association just put out recently a um, list of 10 different diabetic superfoods. And so I thought this was really interesting, and I'm going to share some of them with you. Um, Initially, um, they list beans. So beans do contain carbohydrates, but a half a cup of them also provide as much protein as an ounce of meat. Um, Next, they list dark dark green leafy vegetables, so spinach, collards, kale. Um, All of these are high in vitamins such as A, C, E, and K. They're also high in iron, calcium, and potassium, so they're considered a powerhouse food. Citrus fruit, which I mentioned earlier, such as grapefruits, oranges, lemons, and limes, um, they provide a lot of good vitamins and and micronutrients. Um, They're also high in fiber, vitamin C and folate. Sweet potatoes are a starchy vegetable packed full of vitamin A and fiber. And so this is an awesome uh, starchy vegetable that should be on our plates very often. Um, Also, it helps reduce the amount of cravings of something sweet. Berries are listed as really good um, powerhouse foods, so blueberries and strawberries um, and other types of berries as well. Tomatoes, fish high in omega-3 fatty acids, I had mentioned that earlier. Um, Nuts, I mentioned, whole grains, um, milk and yogurt, and those are the top 10 that they listed as powerhouse foods. Two common ways to help you plan how you're going to eat if you have diabetes, are the plate method and carbohydrate counting, um, also called carb counting. So the plate method is, um, it's been around for a while. It's pretty popular when we educate our diabetic patients. And what it really looks at is controlling your portion size. So you don't need to count calories. And the plate really is a method of showing you the amount of food group that you should eat. So if you take a nine-inch plate, you put non-starchy vegetables on half the plate, um, meat or other protein on one-fourth of the plate, and grains or starch on the last fourth. And starches include starchy vegetables such as corn and peas. Uh, you may also eat a small bowl of fruit or a piece of fruit and drink a small glass of milk if that's included in your meal plan. We want to educate our patients how, on how to visualize portion size instead of relying on weighing our food. So for instance, everyday objects such as your hand to judge the size of the portion can be used. One serving of meat or poultry is the palm of your hand or a deck of cards. One three-ounce serving of fish is a checkbook. One serving of cheese is six dices. A half a cup of cooked rice or pasta is a rounded handful or a tennis ball. A serving of pancakes or a waffle is a DVD. And two tablespoons of peanut butter is a ping pong ball. 
Another popular method of meal planning is carb counting. And so carbohydrate counting involves keeping track of the amount of carbohydrates you eat and drink each day because carbohydrates turn into glucose in the body and they affect your blood glucose levels more than other foods do. So carb counting can help you manage your blood glucose level. If you take insulin, counting carbohydrates can help you know how much insulin to take before each meal or after each meal. Uh, Carbohydrate counting is a meal plan tool for people who are diabetic, Um, no matter if they take insulin or oral antihyperglycemics, carb counting can be completed. The amount of carbohydrates in foods is measured in grams, and to count your carbs in grams, you need to know what you eat and how many carbs are in them. So initially, you'll need to do some work learning which foods have carbohydrates, Um, You'll need to read the nutritional facts and the labels. You'll learn how to estimate the number of grams of carbohydrates in each food you eat. Um, You add the grams of carbohydrates from each food to get your total for each meal for each day. There are also a ton of apps out there that are geared towards tracking your food, and these types of apps can be very valuable. As far as supplements and vitamins... Um, Patients will often ask if there's a holistic or um, nutritional value in taking supplements and vitamins in regards to their diabetes, and there really is no clear proof um, that dietary supplements such as vitamins, minerals, herbs, or spices can help manage your diabetes. Next, we're going to talk about physical activity and how physical activity affects your blood glucose levels. By participating in moderate exercise, and this can even mean walking, anything that elevates the heart rate, increases your breathing, will utilize more glucose in the muscles. And really that pulls blood sugar out of the bloodstream and takes it into the muscles to utilize for energy. And so physical activity can lower your blood sugar up to 24 hours or more after working out by making your body more sensitive to insulin and utilizing more glucose stored in the muscles, stored in the liver, and also circulating in the bloodstream. So physical activity not only lowers blood glucose levels, it lowers your blood pressure, it improves blood flow, it burns extra calories so you can keep your weight down, it improves your mood, it can prevent falls and improve memory in older adults, and it may even help you sleep better. There are some safety concerns with physical activity and being diabetic, and first and foremost, you want to drink plenty of water during and after exercise to stay well hydrated. If patients are taking diabetic medications, another concern is preventing low blood glucose levels. And because physical activity lowers your blood glucose levels, you should protect yourself against low blood sugar levels or hypoglycemia. You're most likely to have hypoglycemia if you take insulin or certain other diabetic medications such as sulfonylureas. Again, to review, this drug class of medication acts by increasing insulin release from the beta cells in the pancreas. So therefore, you have a higher risk of hypoglycemia. Common sulfonylureas are um, glipizide, gliburide, glimepiride. So these are the drug class that we want to be aware of when we see on our patient's medication list and we want to educate them about the risk for hypoglycemia. Lastly, I want to talk about the type of exercise that diabetics should be doing. 
And I know that we hear a lot about cardio, 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 but really switching it up will help patients stick to a routine. And you get benefits from different types of physical activity. So aerobic exercise is important. So walking briskly or hiking, climbing the stairs, swimming or water aerobics, dancing, stationary bicycle, or even physical activity with sports such as basketball, tennis, or other outdoor activities. You also want to incorporate strength training to build muscle. Strength training is important for both men and women, and the more muscle you have, the less body fat you have, and the more calories you burn even at rest, and it helps to keep the extra weight off. You can do strength training with hand weights, elastic bands, or even weighted machines. Ideally, you want to incorporate this into your physical routine at minimum twice a week or two to three times a week. Stretching exercises are a great way to incorporate light or moderate physical activity. And when you stretch, you increase your flexibility, you lower your stress levels, and you help prevent sore muscles. That is all I have for you today as far as diabetic education with nutritional and physical activity. And I hope that you guys have learned something. I am so thankful for you guys to being here and listening. And again, you can always find me at Let's Review RN on Instagram. And you can leave me a message or you can ask me a question. I am here for you and I will be back next week. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.